Canto 2, Chapter 7 Brief Description of the Past and Coming Avatars The Creator said, When the Lord, as the Unlimited One within the universe, for his pastimes assumed the form of the sum total of all sacrifices, as the board Avatara Varaha, he was determined to lift the earth out of the great Garbodaka ocean. In the ocean, the first demon called Hiranyaksha, the demon of the gold, appeared who by him was defeated with his tusk like a thunderbolt piercing a pack of clouds. From Akuti, the wife of the Prajapati Ruchi, Suyakna was born, who with his wife Dakshina gave birth to the godly headed by Suyama. With them he greatly diminished the distress in the three worlds, and for that reason the father of mankind, Swayambhuvamanu, renamed him Hari, the Lord. Next he took birth in the house of the twice-born Kardama from the womb of Devahuti, together with nine sisters. As Lord Kapila, he spoke to his mother about spiritual realization because of which she in that life was freed from the material modes that covered the soul and achieved liberation. Satisfied about the surrender of the sage Atri, who prayed for offspring, the Supreme Lord said to him, I will give myself to you and for that reason he received the name of Datta. The dust of his lotus feet purified the body of mysticism and brought the wealth of the spiritual and material worlds of Yadu, Hayaya and others. Because I formerly lived austere in penance for the sake of the creation of the different worlds, the Lord appeared as the four Sanas. In the epoch before, the spiritual truth was devastated in the inundation of the world, but with them a clear vision of the soul became available to all sages. From Murti, the wife of Dharma, and the daughter of Daksha, he took birth in the form of Nara Narayana. The Supreme Lord, thus descending, never allowed by the strength of the beauties originating from his personal penances, that his vows would break because of the celestial beauties that came to him from Cupid. Lust can be defeated by great stalwarts like Lord Shiva with a strict look of resentment, but they cannot overcome their own tolerance. With the two of him present within, lust is too afraid to enter, though. How can with him, in one's mind, lust ever demand attention? Incited by the sharp words of a co-wife, who uttered them even in the presence of the king, his son Dhruva, only a boy at the time, took to severe penances in a great forest. The Lord, pleased with his prayers, confirmed the goal of his realization, for which the great sages and denizens of heaven have prayed ever since, in being directed up and downward. When the twice-born ones cursed King Vena, who strayed from the path of religion, it burned him like a thunderbolt with him going to hell with all his great deeds and opulence. The Lord, being prayed for, delivered him coming to earth as his son, named Pritu, 
and achieved that way also that the earth could be exploited to yield all kinds of crops. As a son of King Nabi, he was born as Rishaba from Sudevi. Equipoised in the matter of yoga, he, though appearing foolish, performed at the highest level of achievement of the sages. At that level, one in acceptance of the spiritual essence of one's true independence has subdued the activities of the senses and is perfectly liberated from material influences. The Supreme Lord, the soul of all the gods, the personality of sacrifice who is worshipped in all sacrifices, appeared in a sacrifice of mine with a horse-like head and a golden hue, and is this called Hayagriva. From his breathing through his nostrils, the sounds of the Vedic hymns can be heard. He who became the Manu at the end of the epoch saw Lord Matsya, who as the stay of the earth, offered shelter to all living beings. The Vedas, that because of the great fear for the waters came forth from my mouth, then were taken up by him who spotted there. When, in the ocean of milk, the leaders of the immortals and their opponents were churning the mountain for gaining the nectar, the primeval lord, half asleep as a tortoise called Kurma, supported him so that it scratched and itched on his back. As Nrishima, he appeared as the one who took away the fear of the God-conscious ones with the movements of his eyebrows and the terrifying teeth of his mouth, while he, on his lap, without delay, with his nails, pierced the fallen king of the demons, Hiranyakashipu, who had challenged him with a club in his hands. The leader of the elephants, Gajendra, who within the river was seized by his leg by an exceptionally strong crocodile, holding a lotus in great distress, addressed him as follows. You are the original personality and lord of the universe. From you, being as famous as a place of pilgrimage, all good ensues by just hearing your name, the name so worthy to be sung. The lord, who heard him in his distress, as the unlimited powerful one seated on the king of the birds, Garuda, cut the beak of the crocodile in two with his chakra weapon, and in his causeless mercy freed him by pulling him up by his trunk. Despite his transcendence, he, as Lord Vamana, surpassed the qualities of the sons of Aditi by covering all the worlds in this universe. For that reason, he was called the Lord of Sacrifice, begging, yet pretended that he needed only three steps of land, but seized that way all the lands of Bali Maharaj without ever offending the authorities under whose wings one may never lose one's property. Onarada, by virtue of the strength of the water that washed from the feet of the Lord, he, Bali Maharaj, who kept it on his head, and who had the supremacy over the kingdom of the godly souls, never, not even when it went at the cost of himself, tried for anything else but to keep his promise, because he had decided to be dedicated to the Lord. The Supreme Lord, satisfied about the goodness you developed through your transcendental love, O Narada, very nicely, in the form of the transcendental swan, the Hamsa Avatara, explained to you, in all detail, 
the light of the knowledge of yoga and the science of relating to the soul that all who have surrendered to Vasudeva so perfectly know to appreciate. Undeterred in all circumstances, ruling the ten directions by the strength of his chakra ardor, he subdues the three systems incarnating in the different ages of Manu as a Manu or founding father, a descendant of the Manu dynasty. Thus ruling over the miscreants and their kings, he establishes his fame up to the highest world of truth. As fame personified, the Supreme Lord carrying the name of Danvantari descended in this universe in order to direct the knowledge that is necessary to obtain a long life. This he accomplished by obtaining a share of the nectar of the kurma-churning sacrifice that swiftly cures the diseases of all living beings. For the purpose of diminishing the increasing dominance of the ruling class, the great soul Lord Parashurama, the ultimate spiritual truth in person, removed all the thorns from the world who strayed from the path and opted for a hellish life. He, awfully powerful for that purpose, wielded his transcendental hatchet twenty-one times. Because of his causeless, all-embracing mercy unto us, the Lord of all potencies descended as Lord Rama in the dynasty of Ikshvaku. Together with his wife Sita and brother Lakshmana, he, upon the command of his father, Dasharatha, took to the forest under the opposition of the ten-headed one, the demoniac ruler Ravana, who caused great distress. The moment he, in his anger about his aggrieved intimate friend, the kidnapped Sita, from a distance meditated the city of the enemy on the island of Lanka, with red-hot eyes like Hara did in his desire to burn down the heavenly kingdom with his fiery looks, the Indian Ocean, seeing her aquatics burned, out of fear then quickly gave way. When the trunk of the elephant carrying Indra broke on the chest of Ravana, light radiated in all directions. Ravana, overtaken by joy, proudly paraded between the armies, but in no time the laughter and life-breath of the one who had kidnapped Sita was put to an end by the twanging bow of Rama. When the entire world was miserable because of the burden of soldiers of the disbelievers, he, Krishna, together with his plenary expansion Balarama, his beauty and his black hair, he whose glorious path of activities is so hard to recognize for the people in general, appeared for the sake of the decimation of the atheists. Who else but him could, as a child, kill a living being that assumed the form of a giant demoness, Putana, or being only three months old with his leg, turn over a cart, as also uproot two high-rising Arjuna trees? At Vrindavana, where Krishna grew up, he with his merciful glance brought back to life the cowherd boys and their animals who drank from the poisoned water of the Yamuna. In order to purify the water from the excess of the highly potent poison, he in the river took pleasure in severely punishing the snake that was lurking there with its venomous tongue. He, with his superhuman deeds, that very night, together with Balarama, 
saved all the inhabitants of Vraja, who, free from worries, were asleep from being burned by the fire ablaze in the dry forest. He thus proved to them, who were sure to see the last of their days, his unfathomable prowess by simply having them close their eyes. Whatever robe his foster mother Yashoda tried to bind her son with, time and again proved to be too short, and that what she saw when he opened his mouth to the doubting cowherd woman were all the worlds which was something that convinced her another way. Nanda Maharaj, his foster father, whom he also saved from the fear for Varuna, and the coward men who were held captive in the caves by the son of Maya, as also the ones living in Vrindavana who because of their hard labor worked during the day and slept during the night, he all awarded the highest world of the spiritual sky. When the coward men were stopped by Krishna in their sacrifices for the king of heaven, Indra, caused a heavy downpour of rain. He, Krishna, only seven years of age, wishing to protect the animals, in his causeless mercy, playfully, with only one hand for seven days in a row, then held up Govardhana Hill like an umbrella, without getting tired. When he, in his nightly pastimes, in the forest desired to dance in the silver light of the moon with sweet songs and melodious music, he awakened the amorous desires of the wives of Vrajabhumi, and decapitated also their kidnapper, Sankachuda, who was after the riches of Kuvera. All demons like Pralamba, Denuka, Baka, Keshi, Arishta, Chanura and Mushtika, Kuvala Yapida, Kamsa, many foreign kings, the ape Dvivida, Pandaraka and others, as well as kings like Shalva, Narakasura, Balavala, Dantavakra, Saptoksha, Shambara, Vidurata and Rukmi, and all-powerful and well-equipped warriors like Kamboja, Matsya, Kuru, Srinjaya and Kekaya would, thanks to him, disappear from the scene and attain his heavenly abode, or else would disappear because of the actions of one of the other names belonging to him, like Baladeva, Arjuna or Bhima. Born from Satyavati, he, as Vyasadeva, will, in due course of time, understand the difficulties of the less intelligent and short-lived people with the all-too-complex and specialized Vedic literatures. According to the circumstances of the age, he then will divide the entire collection of the desire tree of the Vedas into different branches. For those who became well informed on the path of education, but envious with the divine, roam the worlds and the eater with inventions of Maya, he will dress up most attractively and, as the Buddha and his representatives, by extensive discourses bewilder their minds with the use of many terms deviating from the tradition. When, even among the civilized gentlemen, there is no mention of the Lord, and when the twice-born souls, the higher classes and the government consist of hypocritical, wicked men who themselves never, under any circumstance, take to his hymns, paraphernalia, altars and words, then, at the end of the age of descent, the Supreme Lord Kalki, the highest ruler, will appear.
in the beginning there is penance with me and the nine founding fathers, the sages of creation. In the middle there is the religious sacrificing, the manos, the demigods and the kings in their worlds. And in the end there is the godlessness and the angry atheists and such with Shiva. They are all powerful guna representatives of the deluding energy of the one of supreme power. Who can fully describe the prowess of Lord Vishnu? Not even the scientist who counts the atoms. In one great movement he as Trivikrama managed to move all greatly by effortlessly covering the universe with his leg up to the topmost world beyond the operating modes. Neither I nor all the sages who prior to you were born are capable of determining the reach of the Almighty Supreme Person. What then would one expect from others who were born after us? Not even Ananta Shesha, the first incarnation of the primordial divinity with thousands of faces to the present day is singing his qualities can achieve his limit. The Lord extends his grace only to those souls who surrender themselves in every respect. Only they who did that without duplicity can cross the insurmountable ocean of his deluding material energy. Only they who consciously say no to the eye and mind of that what is meant to serve as food for dogs and jackals. O Narada, know that we both belong to the bewildering game of illusion of the Supreme One, as do also the great Lord Shiva, Pralada Maharaj, from the atheist family, Shatarupa, the wife of Manu, and Swayambhuva Manu himself with his children, Prachinabhari, Haribu, Anga, as also Dhruva, Ikshvaku, Ayla, Muchukunda, Janaka, Gadi, Ragu, Ambarisha, Sagara, Gaya, Nahusha and others like Mandata, Alarga, Shatadanu, Anu, Rantideva, Bhishma, Bali, Amurtaraya, Dilipa, Sobari, Utanka, Shibi, Devala, Pipalada, Saraswata, Udava, Parashara, Burishena and champions like Vibhishana, Hanuman, Shukadeva Goswami, Arjuna, Arshtishena, Vidura and Shrutadeva. Provided they follow the instructions of the admirable devotees, also those persons who belong to the women, the laborers, the barbarians and the outcasts can surpass the illusion of the divine energy and arrive at knowledge despite living sinful lives. When even they who are ruled by animal habits can be of success that way, how much more would that not be true for those who heard about him and keep him in mind? The Absolute of the Spirit, Brahman, is known as unlimited happiness free from grief. It is the ultimate position of the Supreme Personality, the Fortunate One, in front of whom illusion flees away in shame. That pure, uncontaminated state free from distinctions is beyond the words belonging to the material motive of fruitive actions. It constitutes the original principle of the Supersoul, is the cause of all causes and effect, 
and the foundation for the ever free from fear peaceful awakening to the complete whole. In that state of full independence there is no need for the control and striving for perfection in restraint as practiced by the mystics, just as Indra does not have to dig a well. The Supreme Lord is the one master of all fortune because he brings the success of a spiritual realization to all the good work that the living entity performed according to its natural disposition and material position. After the body is given up at the end of one's life, it dissolves in its constituent elements, but, like the eater that is never vanquished, the unborn spirit soul of the person is never lost either. My dear, I thus explained in brief to you the Supreme Lord who created the universe. Whatever that may exist in the phenomenal, material or noumenal spiritual realm cannot have any other cause than Hari, the Lord. This story, about the fortunate one called the Srimad Bhagavatam, was handed down to me by him, the Supreme Lord. It constitutes the summary of his diverse potencies. And now please, from your good self, expound yourself on this. Describe thus with determination for the cause of enlightening mankind this science of devotion, bhakti, for the Supreme Personality, the supporter of everything and every soul. With the description of the Lord's external affairs, the living being, who is of regular attention and devoted appreciation for it, will never be deluded by the illusory energy of the material world. <laughs>